Ladies and gentlemen, this picture contains scenes which under no circumstances should be viewed by anyone with a heart condition or anyone who is easily upset. Welcome back to Caustic Content. I'm Steve, and this is the show where two lifelong friends uh, try to torture one another by attempting to find the absolute worst thing streaming on the internet. Uh, joining me as always, Adam Myros is here. Ah, uh, hi, Steve. Uh, you know, the problem with uh, having an impartial uh, judge for this show is that the concept changes from us torturing each other to uh, unfortunately torturing uh, acquaintances <laughs> and friends. It's true. It's it's like a neutral third party gets shit all over. It's just, it's it's really good stuff. Uh, and with my my deepest apologies, um, Mr. Coleman is here. I am. I'm here. Oh God, I just I just hope you don't think less of me after this, man. I'm so sorry. I we <laughs> thought it was the worst it's ever been last week, and, and we were just we were so thankful that you weren't a part of this because I don't know. I think it's easier to shit all over Colin for some reason. Uh, but but with you, I I genuinely feel bad that you had to watch this stuff. Yeah, yeah, Colin. At least he attacks this with like a fervor. Where no matter what, I think last week was the the rude awakening for him because he's always like, "Yeah, man, I can't wait. I love these bad movies." And when we're like, "Well, I think you you just haven't seen the worst of it." And then last episode. I think uh, he he started to understand just how bad things could get, uh, mm -hmm. but but Coleman, uh, you always uh, I I always feel like uh, we're testing your patience every episode, and, and this is beyond the pale. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm speechless we're, at this point. I'm sure we'll get into it, but yeah, we're we're getting to the point where I'm I'm worried that Coleman's going to stop answering my text messages. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's not good. It's not good. Way and if you're thinking. If you're thinking that like, okay, you know, oh, wow, I'm tuning into this bad movie podcast so I can I can learn all about these fun, bad movies and these people shitting all over them. No, this is much deeper than that. This is some real shit. Okay, this is we're, we're getting into some things that the people should not be talking about. All right. That's like saying, you know, oh, I, I like horror movies. And I go check this out and I hand you like a real actual snuff film. That's the level that we're talking about in terms of quality. It's just absolute garbage beyond human comprehension. Um, Myros, before we start talking about these, uh, what are our rules for this podcast? Uh, yeah, let's get into our rules. I, I feel like people think we're being hyperbolic with this intro of, oh, this isn't like your regular no. bad movie podcast. But if, if someone wants to get an idea of what the fuck we're doing here. Just try and watch any of the four movies mm -hmm. we've covered in, in this or last episode and and you will you will come to understand just just what is happening here. Uh you will not understand why it is happening here. And I am beginning to question that myself. Uh anyhow, our rules are that we are only allowed to use what the streaming service provides us. Uh, occasionally that's an incoherent trailer. Uh, in the case of one of these films, we had nothing. You had to go in blind. You see that uh, good poster art and uh, click away. Uh, we're also not allowed to choose found footage films. Although, again, sometimes maybe we just need to reassess because anything but what we've been choosing lately would <laughs> be an improvement. Uh, yeah. tends to, the theory there is that found footage films are often very, very similar and uh, it could get boring right quick. Uh, as opposed to the thrilling entertainment we've we've recently been ingesting. Uh, we also have what we call the Godfrey Ho Clause, which is to say only one film per director. Uh, again, we just try and keep a little variety going here. And the last rule is this cannot be anything either of us have previously seen, which uh, that can be tricky because I just, I just go around watching Nutty's Cheeseburger in a nap all the live long days. So. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Well, yeah, I, I would I would agree with you. If, if you want to get a flavor for what we're talking about, this is a good place to start. Uh, or last week's uh, episode, another good place to start. So uh, let's just jump right into it. Why don't we start with with, with my movie? Um, <laughs> There's so much dread. Uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm going to give a bit of a lead in here. I actually... 
I chose this film. I didn't watch the trailer. I didn't know anything about it. Obviously, we can't learn too much. I didn't even read the description. I was just kind of scrolling through some stuff, and I saw the little poster, and I was like, that's it. That's got to be good. And then I clicked it, and I looked at the poster further. And you could look this up. I mean, literally, Google image search, uh, We the Jury 2020. It'll come up. It'll come up. You could take a look at this poster. It is a work of art. Uh, I also I also tweeted out the picture in case that's more your bag. But I thought to myself, I might have to take the L here because this looks so fucking hilarious and inept that it's got to be great. You know, it's got to be quality. Now, I I will never I will never take a dive on this podcast. But also sometimes I go into things knowing that I'm, I'm taking a more calculated risk. I thought this was going to be just kind of dumb and jovial uh, inept fun. It is dumb and it is inept, but there was nothing jovial <laughs> or fun <laughs> about this film. It bills itself as quote, a interactive smart movie, not an, a interactive smart movie. You can see this on the poster. This is available for you. Um, what that means is I believe the way it was conceived and who's to say if it was ever released this way? Because this movie came out in 2020, and, uh, you know, there's no theaters open, really. They're certainly not playing this. Or maybe they are, because there's nothing else to play. So uh, it's a great time to get your independent movie in a multiplex, I suppose. Point being, I guess this is sort of like, it's kind of like Clue. So in the movie Clue, there were multiple endings. And depending on where you were in the world when you saw Clue... Each region area, there was like four different endings, I think. Is that right, Coleman? You probably know this more than me. Uh, I don't know that much about it, but yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. So let's see, four different endings, five different endings, however many. And so at the end, it was just like, oh, it was Miss, Mr. Mustard. It was fucking Miss Peacock. It was whatever. And it changed based on the audience, but the, the rest of the movie was all the same. Now, this film, We the Jury, it's kind of taking that to the next level. And like the Shark Tank... Uh, elevator pitch here is kind of intriguing although i'm not fully sold on it but you can see people salivating at something is stupid but the idea is you get like an app or some sort of voting apparatus and when you have a movie like we the jury there's a court case and you the audience get to decide is the person guilty or not guilty now the problem here is we're not watching this in a theater. We don't have an app. We don't have some, you know, remote to, to cast our vote here. We're watching this on Amazon Prime at home on my couch. Because we're watching it like that, you don't get to vote. So the whole shtick is kind of thrown out the window. So what you have here is just a, kind of a really poorly made, very, very talky uh, Matlock episode. I don't fucking know. And the twist is, because you got to have a twist, it's definitely racist and probably, without question, without exaggeration, the most deeply transphobic thing I have ever seen in my <laughs> entire life. Bar fucking none. No exaggeration. It's just like slam dunk, break the backboard transphobia. And that is We the Jury. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, I guess it's it's in many ways kind of similar uh, approach to the subject that uh, Zidane Adams took uh, last episode. Ah, the black blogger Zidane Adams. Yes. Apparently, there's just even even in in 2021 here, we a lot of people are just thinking that uh, transgender people are are out there to uh, serve as 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 traps and uh, just. Go around raping men all the live long day. It's it's quite a quite an outlandish concern. Yeah, it's absolutely fucking stupid. And not that anyone is watching Zidane Adams, the black blogger, or we the jury, uh, but it, it's just this ridiculous stereotype. And this is why like conservative Christians in Indiana are afraid to go to Target because they think like a, a scary trans person in the bathroom is gonna like molest their daughter or something. Um but but it just perpetuates these ridiculous stereotypes that genuinely get trans people hurt. Like, this is why trans people get murdered. This is why they get fucking beaten up. Shit like this. 
uh, which has no foundation standing at all in reality. Like, this is all horse shit. Um, and the other thing that this movie does is, well, the story is, the setup is this guy is a, he's a, he's a preacher and also a college student. And there's another college student that he gets in trouble because he sees the guy cheating. And then the cheating guy loses his scholarship and gets kicked out of school. This happens in the course of like 15 minutes, but it feels like nine hours. And then, <laughs> I'm not exaggerating either. These were both like major time check movies. Um, and, and so then somehow the preacher ends up going on a date with like an Eastern European woman uh, who looks like she's 57, but we're led to believe she's yeah, 23. Substantially, substantially <laughs> older than the, the college students. Will yeah. Think. Not that, not to say that he looks college age as well, uh, but uh, which one? I, yeah, wh wh which version of well, him? Well, <laughs> we will have to clarify that. But <laughs> anyways, he gets put in a situation and. Uh, she reveals that she's trans or maybe she doesn't reveal that she's trans. It plays out like Rashomon. So you've got the perspective of the cheating guy, uh, the accused African-American man and this trans woman. And they all have different narratives about what happened this night. And the African-American man is accused of uh, violently beating a trans woman and this other guy. And it gets real fucking confusing because... It, the the court there's there's the courtroom scenes and then there's the like the, the the recollections of what happened in the story and the people that are in these flashbacks when we're learning like their perspective on the story they're played by different actors than the courtroom scenes like this this guy that made this movie he could not get the same people but it's not it, it's just it's really fucked up and disorienting <laughs> Except uh, for the uh, European woman. She, yeah, the, she returns. The, exactly. Exactly. The 47-year-old, 57-year-old European woman, is she's she's there. Um, right. But, but the two college students uh, who have the beef, uh, they're both just completely different. N not even like, there's no effort made to make them look like similar humans at all. Could I mean, not it's, look it's any very, different. Very strange. One is like a, like a balding, doughy guy, and the other one is like a muscular man with shoulder-length hair. It's... They could not be further from each other. So I, I think that kind of gets to the root of it. And then on top of that, the whole thing is shot with this very distorted, uh, like GoPro style anamorphic lens. I actually looked into it because I was Googling the director and based on his Reddit habits, it seems like because I, I, I thought this was shot at a GoPro. Genuinely thought it was um, shot at a GoPro, but it looks like he shot it. Um, at 24 frames per second with a anamorphic lens called the, the moment lens and, and just like a road video mic, uh, which is fine. It's fine to use a shotgun mic. At least there's semi-functional sound in at least 30% of the movie. So that's something, but it, it distorts everything. Okay. Well, yeah, this is uh this is the opposite of what we often see here, right? We, yeah. we often see movies that are not shot in widescreen, that are just cropped to be anamorphic because some numbskull thinks that that's cinematic. In in this instance, this seems to be shot in anamorphic and presented in like standard widescreen, so everything is stretched very oddly. Yeah, and and the center and the center is is like it has this bend to it. So the sides, by the time you get to the sides of the frame, everything is just totally warped. And anytime there's a close up on someone's face, they look like a fucking monster. Um, you know, I, I'm going to go ahead and say this wasn't some like uh, Terrence Malick-esque cinematic choice. <laughs> it just it's fucked up and weird. At least everything's in focus because literally everything is in focus. But it really does. It looks like a skate video. Well, I mean, compared to the other film, it's like a technical achievement, this thing. Well, but, that's uh, true. Yeah, it is almost one of those things where if you're prone to uh, getting like motion sickness from films or something like that, this thing is just, it, it makes you kind of queasy to watch it. Even, yeah, I mean, the content is going to make you queasy, but just the presentation itself is kind mm -hmm. of uncomfortable. It is. It's not great. 
Uh, Mr. Coleman, mm-hmm. how'd this one sit with you, buddy? Uh, I don't really even know if it sat with me. <laughs> Just, Just straight through you? <laughs> what the hell is... I, I, I have probably nothing of substance to add to this. I mean, this is just, uh, and I think part of that's because I'm still kind of, um, processing the other film (laughs) that we had to watch this (laughs) week. Um, it's a lot to take on, but yeah, just, uh, I mean, problematic doesn't even begin to, uh, describe what's happening here. Um, Mm -hmm. like I already have to say, I, don't want anybody to ever have to see this. <laughs> like this should not exist. This is just yeah, uh, yeah. I, 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 you may have broken me with this one. <laughs> so, what is the ethos of this filmmaker? Is this again? We're, we're back in this realm. We were asking this question last week as well. But uh, is this a Christian film? Well, and that's oh boy, <laughs> so much like profanity in it. And, and also, like, the guy, is the guy, like, is Christianity meant to be positively exhibited through this lead character? Because he's just, like, walking around shouting heathen at everyone. And uh, there's this whole scene where he's, and again, I, w- I would have thought it was going to come back because they make this big show on the stand about how he, he actually secretly hates gay people or something. Bleh. And I'm like, oh, well, they'll just use this footage. Uh, but no, there's a scene early on where he's leading his congregation in like expelling gay demons from a man. That was actually mm-hmm. my favorite scene of the film. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> because, yeah, there's that weird thing about gay demons so already we're introduced to this like i mean trans folk it's, a, it's obviously very homophobic uh but the congregation is literally three people in a basement that's it yes yep. which is more more of a congregation that this fellow deserves i suppose but right. i i just i honestly don't know the intent of the of the the film like am i supposed to be like this guy's a, a hypocrite and a piece of shit because he's I don't know. Nothing about him is sympathetic in any way. Uh, he just seems like a huge fucking asshole. And uh, yeah, I mean, the plot is essentially that he's going around holier than thou. And then he ends up, regardless of the uh, horribly problematic, uh, transphobic angle to this thing. The, the crux is that he's just out hooking up with people and, and living his life like kind of hollering about people doing the exact same thing and uh, screaming at everyone about how they're heathens and uh, need to accept Jesus into their life. And I'm like, but uh, is this like pointing at the hypocrisy of, of certain Christians or is this meant to be Christian? And, and it's all muddled further by the fact that he's seemingly trying to sell this fucking holy shirt to everyone in, in the uh, end credits. Yeah, you could buy it on the website, by the way. That's that's available <sighs> to you if you'd like it. I Yeah, I, I think that this kind of falls under the same category as uh, whatever it's called, Eve, the Curse of Eve, uh, <laughs> where... I don't think it's necessary. I think it. I think it is coming from a Christian viewpoint, but it's specifically critical of a certain type of Christianity, and the ideology in this film is muddled further. So there's no there's no like audience surrogate in this movie at all. Um, you know, you don't have to have that, but there's no clear, coherent ideology because it has the multiple perspective thing going on. But also, there's no there's no like auteur driven vision. There's no firmness to the screenplay because you got to remember this whole thing is designed so that when you get to the end, we, the audience, we get to pick. So what he gives us is this shotgun blast of horse shit, muddled, ideologically confused stuff where the only consistent through line is bigotry as far as the eye can see. And so everything is a fucking mess. It's a huge mess. Now, it, when you do this in the movie Clue, 
it's fine because it's a goofy comedy mystery thing. And by the time you get to the end where they go, it was so-and-so, that part doesn't even matter. Honestly, it doesn't. Like, that ending is, is completely irrelevant. Where here, the ending is totally fucking weird because yes. the ending that we are given is... Uh, the, uh, I'm trying to think of the guy's name. This is, uh, I'm really struggling here. Um, uh, street uh, Jesus. Let's see. Street Jesus. That's his, that <laughs> Michael Robinson, right? Is that? Yeah. Michael the Beast Robinson. <laughs> Michael the Beast Robinson, AKA Street Jesus, as he is known. Uh, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> This is this is where we are. Hello. We're, we're missing some key points, too, that I'm going to circle back to. Uh, oh, we're missing plenty of key points, like the lawyer. Oh, God, the lawyer. Yeah. So by the time we get to the end, he is convicted because his lawyer and his lawyer's strategy was to, I guess, try to use the court to prove that trans people don't exist. <laughs> And the way that he does this is a classic, what I would call the reverse Rachel Doziel. <laughs> he shows up in like this fucking like blonde MacGyver wig. And, and we're, we're supposed to take this seriously. And he's just like, oh, so you identify as a woman and I identify as a, a white man. So... Boom. Gotcha. <laughs> and and he plays this seriously. And, and for the whole second half of the film, he's just walking around with this ridiculous MacGyver wig and it's not really addressed further. Anyways, his client loses. Michael the Beast Robinson is convicted on all charges. And instead of just like ending the movie there or showing him in jail or whatever. We, this is this is the end of the movie. Okay. I need you to sit. If you're standing, sit down. If you're driving, pull over. Okay. He is in his jail cell. We watch him fasten a noose out of his bed sheets and hang himself. After we see him hang himself, cut to a sign written in, it seems like, blood? And the sign yeah, says... Yeah, the sign says Epstein didn't kill himself. Yes. Fade to black, roll credits. <laughs> and then it's like yeah. this uplifting song like, We love Jesus, having a good time, living our life. Everything's fucking fun and great. And there's just like bloopers and people dancing and smiling and buy a t-shirt and all this other shit. And you're just like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> It's as terrible as this movie is. All these awful ideas that kind of just are, are floating through it. This ending is, it's completely off the wall to me. And it, again, it betrays this concept of like you, the audience have chosen this and I'm going to serve you up a big old fuck you. Who cares with this ridiculous tone deaf ending to a movie about uh, a, a black guy who beats up a trans woman and goes to jail. And this is how you end your fucking movie, which was never a comedy. There's not a light moment in this film at any point, any point. I don't, maybe you're supposed to think street Jesus is a funny guy. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, he, I hate I, him. It is what but, like name a single joke. Also street. Jesus fucking shoots somebody at one point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's, that's like a comedy element, right? The Holy shirt. Like he's, he's shooting this guy in the chest, but the Holy shirt is blessed by God and protects him from bullets. Point blank range too. He's right up into him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Again, there are these weird things sprinkled throughout. I, they don't read as comedy because they're so unsuccessful. But I, I think that there is an attempt to go that direction on occasion. But yes, in the climax of this film, if you're supposed to feel the consequences of your choice as an audience, uh, the, the whole Epstein thing, it, it really undoes anything you might be attempting <laughs> to do. Yeah. It's... Uh 
completely incompetent. And even even the side characters, you have to remember that, I mean, this is at its core, it's a courtroom drama. There's the two lawyers and then kind of our three central characters. And then there's like a, a, a Fox News TMZ style commentary thing that they cut to with like a fake Tommy Lauren and a fake. I, I, I don't even know. The guy's name is like Quintarius X. Uh, yes, yes. I think Johnny Cochran is probably the closest you'll get to what this is supposed to be. I'm trying to think if there's another like what who Quintarius X would be like who who gets to go on cable news and and I don't know. The point is everyone is just they're they're caricatures. It's impossible to take this seriously. I guess Quintarius X could be like it's like a racist caricature of Cornell West yeah, maybe. That's kind of what I took it as. I don't know. It's it's shit though. It's absolute shit. Um and and I'm not saying like this isn't like close reading media studies, serious business film criticism. Um you know, there uh, there seems to be some very problematic elements. No. This is like this is the bluntest shit in the fucking universe. It's not even trying. It's this lazy fucking uh just totally pedestrian filmmaking that exists it's just a guy's like okay i'm gonna push buttons now blah 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 and there's no ideology there's no thought behind this there's nothing clever it's technically inept it's just it's embarrassing and no one should watch this fucking burn it man fahrenheit 451 this shit just fucking burn it (laughs) uh yeah i i mean I I don't even know what to say about a lot of this. It's just it's it's just incredibly hateful in in most ways. But uh, I I just it's kind of a mystery what they were even trying to do with the thing. Like it doesn't have a viewpoint because it's trying to do this interactive thing that it is not in fact doing. So I don't know. It's kind of like pick your bigotry, but it's all just there because you can't make a choice yeah you can't so, it's like a choose your own adventure version of triumph of the will but like less <laughs> ideologically coherent <laughs> yeah I, I just feel like anyone involved in this has got to be just ashamed i would think i mm-hmm. man it, it, it's not the most technically inept thing on earth by any stretch but it's the courtroom stuff is what murders the thing because obviously they must have like unexpectedly been able to actually access the courtroom to film mm-hmm. and could not get any of the fucking cast back and didn't know how to stage anything in, in this set at all. Like they fucking, I, I guess that we are meant to be jurors in this thing. So it's kind of like film from the perspective of the juror jury box, but it's, not it's not consistent and in fact the camera will occasionally be positioned so as to show the empty jury box because they couldn't get fucking 12 extras to sit over there yeah it's just like what what are we doing here fucking Uh, edit this out of your goddamn film we're ruining my friday night everything out of your goddamn (laughs) film please but (laughs) (laughs) just just fucking log into premiere pro and hit delete man that's that's what you need to do at this fucking point there's, there's nothing here. And this guy, like, I, I looked into him because I, I want to know more about the interactive movie thing and what he's doing. Apparently, this is the first We the Jury. He wants to make a series out of it. He's in pre-production on the second one, allegedly. So, oh boy, maybe we can revisit this. Um, he, based on his Twitter account, he's a big Ben Shapiro guy. No surprise there. Uh, so... Yeah, I I don't know if if he's if you're trying to own the libs, man, at least make a better film. Uh, but you know, it's just it's ugly, content-wise, it's ugly from a formal perspective. It's uh, ideologically bankrupt. It's the most repugnant thing I've watched this week because last week we watched something that was probably on equal footing with it. But yeah. One of the absolute worst things I've ever fucking seen in my life. And uh, thank God it's got a great poster. <laughs> it's the best I could say. Uh, <sighs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't even know if I could describe it as, man, it's just the race is, is real on these fucking movies lately. Because I don't even know if it qualifies as the most repugnant thing I've seen this week. But 
it is uh, terrible. Fuck this movie. It, 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 again, the, the whole conceit being trap-based is just disgusting. Fucking get that out of here. It's just so gross. And again, I, I just... I don't get it. Are we supposed to think that this guy is being wrongfully prosecuted? Is he supposed to be a charismatic good guy and in fact just reads like a piece of shit because the director is a piece of shit? Or is are we supposed to think that he's a pile of garbage too? Because he is. Mm-hmm. And in fact, on the stand, fucking says that he beat the hell out of these two people after uh, some sort of prosecutorial malconduct or something. But I, I don't... I don't get it. Like, there's no ambiguity to the case. It's it's pretty open and shut. And it tries to do this whole Rashomon thing and recreating the events. And eh, it's just embarrassing. It's fucking yeah. terrible. It's it's great. It's it's really good. Um, and, you know, I, I love I love when I go to court and someone's just like, so, uh, Miss So-and-so, do you have a big old honking dong? Like, th- this is how the, the, the movie fucking treats these people. And then there's a whole scene in his flashback where she's, like, putting the moves on him, and then he's praising Jesus, and then she starts laughing maniacally, and they just, like, stuffed a cucumber down her pants or something like that. It's fucking amateur hour. I hate well, this. The, the thing about Rashomon is that at some Nobody point a cucumber there's like their an pants? objective objective view of the situation and this movie mm-hmm. does not present that at all and if no. it is meant to uh, it fails because i have no idea what the objective uh, viewpoint is is meant to be here yeah gotta have that rashomon ghost that's the solution <laughs> <laughs> i don't know coleman i'm sorry man i i owe you a drink uh next time we, we <laughs> Whenever it warms up and we can get one, I'm, I'm buying you a couple beers. This is this was not a good thing for anyone to watch. I, I and I feel bad too because the fact that three people have now watched this movie, I refuse to believe anyone else has. Uh, that means that it's probably going to stick around on Amazon before it gets delisted. So, uh, sad day for everyone. It does have more reviews than the other film by a long shot. So people mm-hmm. are watching this thing. It's it's really compelling. Yeah, they they really love it. And I, I want to something else I need to be clear about with this, too. That's kind of fucked up. This guy, this director, John Calvin, Mai, I think he's full of fucking horse shit. OK, so if you look at this god awful poster, um, it, it's got like one of those, you, you know, the little the little like branches and then it says official selection, whatever the fuck. So it says official selection, Asian Film Festival, Los Angeles, Hollywood, 2020. Okay, sure. Yeah, the you want the LA Asian Film Festival. Maybe you got selected for that. I can believe that. Now, there's a second version of the poster included on this poster. Uh, official selection: LA Sunfest winner, best feature, Prague International Monthly Film Festival, 2021. Uh, best feature winner: official selection, Toronto Film Magazine, uh, New Wave Short Film. Festival, official selection, Tokyo International Short Film Festival. I'm sorry, what? Short? This is two hours long. We didn't even talk about that. Two fucking hours long. This is not short. It's two hours long and it feels like a goddamn lifetime, okay? Uh, New York Tri-State Official Selection International Film. This is all horse shit. There's no fucking way. Absolutely not. And the worst, the worst. Coleman, are you sitting down? I need you to strap in for this. And this is why, above all else, I have chosen the worst film this week. He dares to say on his poster, official selection, LGBTQ Unboarded International Film Festival 2020. Yeah, I fucking bet, pal. I really fucking bet, John Calvin, my... Fuck you. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Well... This is a bad movie. I I I might argue that you you still managed to somehow not pick the worst <laughs> this week, but, uh, but that's only because of the sheer magnitude of, of fucking our second film. Here. Oh, oh boy, oh boy. Well, let's let's move on to our second film, and I figured we do this one second, uh, not because you know I I think you should play second fiddle to the 
uh, shit fest that is we the jury. But, you know, I don't know how much there is to actually talk about this. <laughs> um, Myros, your choice was uh, Nutty's Cheeseburger and a Nap, a documentary. Yes. I think this is the first documentary. A documentary or mockumentary. Yeah, keep in mind, this also has a gimmick. Yeah, we have two films with absurd gimmicks that they don't uh, fucking execute in any goddamn way whatsoever. And what is the gimmick here? Because I'm not quite sure what it is. I, I So I was trying to think of like a link between our two films this week. Uh, my first thought was they both have a white person saying the N-word. Um, <laughs> and then I guess the second link is they they both kind of solicit a degree of audience participation which they then do not follow through on or fulfill in any way shape or form is that right yeah yeah the the gimmick here is this might be fake or it might be real like the tagline is is nutty shaking it or faking it what do they mean by shaking it though Shaking the bottle, which I, I guess oh, is some yeah. sort of uh, Ohio slang for uh, using meth, I, I believe. But well, then yes, oh. he's definitely shaking it. I'd say I, he's shaking I would it. So is yes, it nutty or is it uh, Artie, the strongest man in the world, falling on hard times? <laughs> <laughs> it's that's very much the the energy Nutty is is giving out here. But yeah, he's he's just tweaked out Artie. And then the other thing that I like, and by like, I mean was horrified <laughs> as I watched this. They're basically filming in real time. Yeah. Just two hours with a meth addict. Yes. Very little and editing. I, I guess that the, the key point to the, the gimmick is, are the filmmakers criminal or not? Because if he is indeed shaking it, which I, I must suggest... This guy is a tweaker for sure. Uh, th they filmed themselves instructing him to fucking get high before they filmed the next fucking thing. Mm hmm. They, that's like literally like he has a phone conversation. and They're like, oh, yeah, get some meth. Do a fucking hot rail so we can uh, talk to you more. They're just encouraging this guy to get fucking loaded. Just absurd. The other thing they do, I guess they've probably known this guy for a while. And I don't know if it's because it's a small town and they just know him or if they were acquaintances with him and or friends or whatever, I don't fucking know. But nutty keeps talking about how it's just like, Oh yeah, I've been doing meth for two years and I used to be a big fatty fat. And now I'm great. I'm just a, a skinny fit boy. And they keep showing these pictures of him. And he's just like, it's a great weight loss program. We love it. They're like, look at nutty when he was a fatty fat. So, and then they just show him all meth out again. You're like, what the fuck are you trying to communicate here? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's the other through line. I don't know what the thesis of either film fucking is. And it really, it breaks it. So Nutty, the man, just rambles on. Like, you ever been in, in a coffee shop or or just, I, I don't know. I had to bartend a, a fucking jam band show, and there's a lot of Nutty guys at places yeah. like this. But they're just like, they, they dress like idiots and they want to talk to you about things that they think are philosophical and deep, but they're as shallow as a fucking kiddie pool, and they're just annoying, dumb pricks. And that's what this guy is. And he's on meth. But there's, there's like nothing there. And the film is, I guess it's, it's three acts. So act one, we pick up Nutty in, in the fucking Kia Soul Hamster Mobile, and... He talks about nonsense and then they go to McDonald's and we watch him from a disgusting perspective, shove French fries into his gaping maw. And he talks it's just about literally dumb someone bullshit. has set their cell phone down flat on the fucking table, pointed yeah. up at his goddamn head. Yeah. And it's and an unbroken shot for like 40 minutes, 40 minutes, shoveling of French fries into his mouth and rambling. And then part three another unbroken 40 minutes of them just kind of like walking through the woods. And up to this point, it was your standard, like, you know, 
old guy who likes to talk about drugs, rambling nonsense about, you know, aliens and government and blah, 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 all this shit. But then, then we get to the woods and he, and he, and then that's what, and it ends basically on them trying to get him to get his drug dealer to give him more meth. And then he goes off of the screen about how he wants to like beat women with sticks and then end scene roll credits and he gives like a fucking eulogy for a piece of paper that he lights on fire as the credits roll. I don't fucking know. That's your movie. Uh, yeah, Jesus fucking Christ. It's three unbroken shots of a meth head talking while the, the filmmakers, despite this, despite the fact that they literally don't have to do anything, they somehow come off as completely exploitative fucking dipshit assholes. Yeah, this is like a real th this is my argument for why. Yeah, this might be the worst film of the two, even though the other is just straight up abhorrent in its philosophies, uh, competing philosophies, mind you, because it doesn't pick one. It wants the audience to pick a fucking despicable fucking lane to take, I guess. But um, this is like a real, a real exploitation film right here. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, now Nutty does say at one point... He's like, oh, yeah, this is just real shit and everybody here is consenting and I want this movie to be made so people can hear what I have to say and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, man, even if you are complicit in your own exploitation, it doesn't make it any less exploitative. Well, yeah, they're buying him. They're buying him a hot meal, right? The Lord knows they might even be buying him fucking drugs and mm -hmm. uh, and they're promising him. 50% of the profits of which they seem to be deluded into thinking that this is a commercial product that they're making, despite the fact that they didn't, they must have edited this thing for about 10 seconds. And it's just baffling. The third segment, especially you've got two cell phone cameras. This is high tech stuff. They have two. And one of them, the one that's in the primary position where you could actually hear nutty speak and, and see him uh, take up a substantial portion of the frame. Obviously, the guy had his camera pointed directly into the fucking sun, so they couldn't use it. So the, the camera that they do use is trailing behind like 20 feet, muffled nonsense with the other cam primary camera completely in the shot the entire fucking time. Yeah, it's it's really wonderful stuff. Uh, my favorite shot in the whole movie is actually when they're in the woods and Nutty's like, I used to shit in this river. Ah! And then the guy goes, oh, cool. I want to get a shot of the river. And he walks over to pan with his phone across this river and his thumb covers up half the fucking screen. Yes. <laughs> and, and also it is blown out with the fucking sun. It's just like the most ridiculous thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really wonderful stuff. Kind of sums up the whole movie. Um, it, it really is, though. It's 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 not a pleasant watch. Uh, Coleman, how much fun did you have with this one? Oh, man. Um, yeah, I mean, you kind of hit a lot of the major points that I wanted to hit, but I just I. I was pissed off five minutes into it. I was really excited because I liked the title. It's a great title for a film. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you know, Cuff, you mentioned like bartending and meeting these like burnouts that just like philosophize about very shallow subjects and they have no substance to their philosophical ramblings um and i'm just like imagining so the filmmakers i use that term very loosely but the filmmakers you know the husband and wife team for the first five minutes we're just basically getting shots of like her like dried dandruffy hair in the corner of the oh. of, of the frame while nutty and her gross teeth. Oh yeah, <laughs> what the hey? And and look, I I don't want to <laughs> image her body shame anybody, but this husband and wife team exploiting this tweaker for two hours of real time footage is just very disgusting. That smug look on that one guy's face when he's just like kind of smirking the whole time he's following Nutty around, like oh man, we got some great shit here. This is great, like. I, I, I concocted this idea in my head that they probably met this guy at like a coffee shop or maybe even like an, an open mic or something like maybe Nutty's like a I could see him being like a poet who like goes on stage at some open mic and they're like man like this is a really good story he's got some 
important things to say, and let's, we should. Uh, this is a uh, this is a great idea, and I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I am starting to lose my train of thought. I, I'm worked up. I'm very worked up right now. <laughs> Uh, oh God! I did find it kind of funny though when they kept showing random pictures of uh, Nutty when he was like two hundred seventy pounds or whatever. Uh, that was a little fun, but um, yeah, this movie again—it's not a movie, and they keep calling it a film. It is not a film. It's two hours of footage shot on a cell phone. Yeah, incompetently, yeah. and. Uh, I, I, I I can't I can't go on anymore. This is, this is. <laughs> it's great stuff. I mean, it it kind of it uh it's it's a unique view of like what Marx's theory of like exploitation and false consciousness looks like when applied to two dickheads following around a meth head in the woods. Um, like what Nutty thinks he is and what he's doing in this versus what these assholes see are, are just two different things and they have zero respect for their subject or zero genuine interest and even though it's ostensibly about nutty really the movie is about these two filmmakers and what they get to do and like you said that kind of smug smirk thing and i mean if i don't think that nutty is all that interesting he's sad but if you've ever bartended, if you've bartended in your life for like more than two weeks, you have talked to a nutty type character or just lived in a big city in general. Right? You know, oh, yeah. th this is there's a lot of sad people who are lonely and want to fucking tell their story. And their story is often, uh, you know, someone being crushed by the fucking capital machine. Oh, and that's and great. I, I totally forgot. Like, I recognized some of the locations in the film. It's in Lakewood, Lakewood, Ohio, I think, which oh. is basically just a neighborhood suburb of Cleveland. Yeah, I was trying to pin it. I saw that the director, quote unquote, Kenny Carpenter, who has somehow made four films. What? I would have suggested he'd have never picked up anything resembling a camera before in his life. Yeah. But the only one that has uh, locations on it is a 2009 film called Blood Donors, which is... Uh, has filming locations in Cleveland and a surrounding area, which I was like, mm. I guess, because it, it's like they mentioned Nashville at some point, and I'm like, where the fuck is this? He talks about uh, Cannery Hill, and I try to look that up, and it's in the only thing that pops up is in uh, uh, Washington, actually, and I'm like, well, this is not Washington by any stretch, so I, mm. I figured it was Cleveland adjacent, but... Uh, it's good to know we have some lock on this location. How has this man made movies? Like, I, 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 I never would have get like, that's a shock to me that he's got other other films out there. Uh, I'm I'm very interested in what those look like. I wonder if his thumb covers up his iPhone in his other movies. Uh, I mean, well, so two of them predate the, the the area where he would probably have an iPhone, I would think, you know, he's oh God. like these. His first two films are 2008 and 2009, so he's probably shooting like DV or something. Right. Uh, and then he's got one that's that's forthcoming. It's it's mm. credited this year, which actually has Nutty himself in it in, in some oh, wonderful. capacity. He, he just seems to be playing an extra. But again, what this is hands down to me uh, per, probably the most artless film we've ever watched that's not to mm -hmm. say it, it's the worst but this guy kenny carpenter should be kept as far away as humanly possible from anything resembling a, a film like he he yeah. just has no ounce of artistry in anything he's doing I, at all i just found him on twitter by the way uh, oh kenny carpenter sacred a-hole filmmaker that's how he okay. addresses himself 15 followers wow well, it's good to know I'm doing better than Kenny Carpenter in life. Yeah, I think I have more followers than that. I've never made a tweet in my fucking life. Um, <laughs> oh, he has a shout podcast. Shout out to the porn bots. Oh, he's got a podcast? Yep. What's his podcast? Oh, maybe this is a character for a film. I, uh, <laughs> this is bad. Fuck you, Kenny Carpenter. I'm calling you out. <laughs> 
Kenny Carpenter, uh, yeah, eat we've, my ass. We've quickly gone in the last two episodes from uh, welcoming any and all filmmakers to uh, join us and speak on the podcast. Uh, we love to interview some of these oddity uh, things, find out what was going on behind the scenes, what the process was. And the last two episodes, I basically just got to want to fight all of the filmmakers. Yeah. Fucking Kenny Carpenter. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. All, all the, uh, well, you know what? No, the, the, the curse of Eve people, they're, they're misguided. Yeah, we gladly they, speak with them. They made a movie that is to. very difficult to, uh, sit through, but, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested. There seems to be a story there, some passion for filmmaking and, you know, it's a learning experience that probably shouldn't have ever appeared on Amazon prime, but, uh, you know, it, it's still, there's a human story there. I'd be interested to speak with that filmmaker, but as far as the rest of this slot, uh, fuck off, fuck yeah. you, stop making things. And it, it's all, everything about Black Blogger, Nutty, and uh, We the Jury, it's all like callous. Like these people think that they're going to profit off of these things. They, they're made as commercial products, which is, massively insane because there is not an ounce of, of competence or watchability in any of the three films mm -hmm. yeah it's like this this director delusional. is talking like he's fucking onto something here like oh we've got this fascinating subject and with my fucking deft hand behind the camera we're gonna turn this into the next big documentary guys <laughs> and it's like you fuck with what are you fucking doing maybe edit your goddamn film if you think this is gonna be a product if you want to make nutty money off of this if you if that's your aim as you state which is complete mm -hmm. horseshit that you want to get a story out there and you want to fucking make this guy's life a little easier fuck you that's not what you're fucking doing you pile of shit sit yeah. down and use your free editing software and at least fucking make one ounce of goddamn effort he could have turned this into like a short documentary if he was yes. that sincere and that genuine about it, it maybe wouldn't have been like a technical masterpiece, but it could have been put together in a way where it actually meant something. And it could have been, you know, this profile on, you know, uh, an issue not just for Nutty, but for millions of people all over. Like, that could have been a good thing. And it would have been simple to do, I think. But instead, mm -hmm. like I said, it, it kind of becomes all about carpenter and uh his uh overall shittiness as a human being i will yeah. say this movie has a listed budget of a thousand dollars which uh how much does a mcdonald's cheeseburger Maybe cost like, these uh, days 50 at mcdonald's <laughs> and like uh, nine hundred dollars to fucking buy the man a toxic amount of methamphetamines <laughs> that's yeah that's probably gonna be the whole budget i'd imagine yeah I don't know. It's, it just all feels so disgusting. I'm disgusted. It, it does by feel disgusting. Movie. Maybe on a, a deeper level than we, the jury, because this is actually happening. Yep. These people <laughs> fucking exploiting the shit out of this poor guy. Well, you know, we weren't too fond of these films, but I'm sure that someone <laughs> somewhere enjoyed these movies because it's all it's all subjective, right? So, I, you know, let's start with Nutty's cheeseburger and a nap, and wouldn't you know? On Amazon, there is a five-star review from uh, a little guy called Kenneth Carpenter. You heard of him? <laughs> five stars. Title, you learn a lot about addiction, causes, and homelessness from an intelligent guy struggling. I don't think you do, but go on, Kenny. Kenny says, quote, I'm actually the director, so I am biased. At least he's honest. Of course I'm going to rate it five. You would, too, if you made it and needed a rating. It's a logical choice, as long as you own up to it. I want Nutty's message to get far out there. What is Nutty's message? That if you do too much meth, you'll ruin your life and get skinny, and then you should beat women with sticks, I guess. It's not even, like, a message he's conveying, though. He's not like, you've got to be careful of these drugs, I guess. I, I don't. He doesn't have a message. His message is something about the fucking Anunnaki or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the world needs something good to come out of this. So if it helps, good. If it entertains, good. If it just sucks, you've watched worse YouTube videos. So please be supportive and rate it high for the algorithms to work. I actually have not. I have not watched a worse YouTube video than this. I would agree. And certainly not one that was two hours long. 
Yeah, your standard YouTuber could at least be bothered to fucking edit their their video, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he says, uh, this platform isn't the best monetization platform for artists, however, is key to other platforms due to metrics. Thank you for understanding. It's a great way. Great way to talk about something. Thank you for understanding. Five stars. Monetization. That's your key fucking point here. That's, that's all that this is trying to do. Make a quick fucking buck off this poor bastard. It, 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 fuck you. Fuck you. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. Over on <laughs> the side of We the Jury, oh boy, a lot, lot of five-star reviews, uh, conspicuously for people who I, I say may have been involved in the, in the film in some way, shape, or form. Uh, from Cyrus Webb, five stars. We the Jury remind us that there are three sides to everything. Quote, this film has it all. The rip from the headlines themes, a little comedy, but a simple reminder about truth sometimes being in the eyes of the beholder. At its core, it's about a man on trial for horrific crimes. Whether he did what was one accused of is one thing. The other part is if he did it for the reasons he is being accused of. We're able to see some other themes emerge as well. That of true identity. And in the forum pieces of the film, there are conversations about race, masculinity, and discrimination. Are they conversations or just loud bigotry? Who's to say? There are so many things that are in We the Jury, but at the core, the truth comes through as the real theme. Is truth enough? What is truth? And to whom? This reminds us that in life, there are three sides to everything. How many fucking times is he going to say that to me? Um, Great. What does that mean, anyway? There are three sides to everything? No, there's three sides to a triangle, motherfucker. There's, there's a variable amount of sides in It's reality. your version, their version, and the truth, sir. That's, that's the tagline. Soraya says five stars, 10 out of 10. Awesome movie. You think you know what's going to happen next, but you won't. Lol. Highly recommended. Uh, Samira says five stars. Amazing story. Star eye emoji. Star eye emoji. Loved it. The story is strong and unpredictable. I love the twist. Didn't see it coming. Clap emoji. Clap emoji. Clap emoji. Tiffany S says five stars. The movie highlights some of the issues we face today. I watched this movie and it was well put together. It is also relatable and reminds us of some of the controversies that we face in society today. This was a great movie. It had a good plot and theme to it. And then my favorite, five stars, originality at its best, an edgy, no-holds-barred film with originality throughout. The content will slug you in the face. <laughs> this much is true. This what is, is the twist in this film, by the way? Epstein? The Epstein. That's the only twist I saw coming. I, I guess I didn't see it coming. That's success. Did not. Did not at all. So there you go. All right. Well, it's, it's come to that point, gentlemen. We have, uh, sometimes you say you climb to the top of the mountain and here we have dug to the lowest of depths. So, Mr. Coleman, what's your pick for today? Um, I'm going to go with Nutty. Um, <laughs> I, and, I, and I have to, as a, as a compassionate human being, um, as awful as we the jury is, it's at least a, f a constructed film. Nutty is just, should not, I'm offended that it's even available to watch. Mm -hmm. um, obviously I'm offended by a lot in We the Jury, but that's still fiction. And this is just, this is bullshit. Fuck you, Kenny Carpenter. Yeah, I would agree. Well, much like the Epstein twist in We the Jury, uh, I've got a twist for you on this episode of Caustic Content. I'm going to agree with you because under almost any other conceivable circumstance, We the Jury would be the worst movie by a country mile. Just immeasurably horrible from every single fucking angle. However... Nutty was a far worse experience. I think I, I text Myros. I was exactly three minutes in when I felt like I needed to turn it off. So <laughs> that's that's a new record for me. 
that's the thing about it is it, it it's hard to even describe how difficult this movie is to watch as as just an impart say I'm a fucking robot and I'm not fucking thinking about this guy's plight and the fact that he's being exploited at every turn here. It's hard to watch in that it is horribly shot cell phone camera footage, unedited, and there are no microphones used, and, and Nutty is a meth addict who is rambling madness throughout these two hours, and you could usually in such a scenario, we rely on subtitles. Like, one of my cardinal rules for cost of content is always keep subtitles on, because the audio on these films is universally shit. But here, again, Kenny Carpenter put in so much effort. He thought about Nutty's words so much that he couldn't be bothered to <laughs> code subtitles for the fucking thing. So it's, it's just, it, it, the subtitles are useless. They're, they're always describing something completely separate from what's actually occurring on the screen. Good luck following this thing at all. Yeah. There's really, I mean, you, you can't. You can't. And, I mean, it's, it's so funny because if I was going to make my Mount Rushmore of cost to content, I have, I have held from very early on in this project that uh, the spy who boned us is the worst thing and uh, the worst movie that I've ever had to watch, period, period. And I would still hold that to be true as like a fictional film, okay? As, as a fictional narrative film, you cannot get worse than... The spy who boned us. That being said, I think uh, Nutty's cheeseburger in a nap is easily, easily the worst nonfiction film I have ever seen. It's impossible to watch. It's disgusting. It's exploitative. It's just grating in every sense. And then on top of that, when you throw in Zidane Adams, the black blogger from last week, and we, the jury, you're building a, a pretty comprehensive <laughs> Mount Rushmore of things that no human being alive should ever watch. It's a Mount Rushmore that rivals the atrocities perpetrated by the people on the actual Mount Rushmore. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. We're, we're doing something horrible here. This is this is getting out of hand. We got to take a step back. It, it can't no, get I'm, worse than this, though. I really don't think it can well, get worse. We said that last week. We keep reading from the Necronomicon and the demons keep coming out, man. Yeah, yeah. We're about to do a themed episode to pull back from this fucking brink of disaster. But um, I, I what if Kenny Carpenter is pulling the wool over our eyes, I'd say. And this is, in fact, a mockumentary. It, does that make it less despicable? I, I don't think so, because Nutty is, if not a tweaker and, in fact, acting... He's still a mentally disabled individual. He's certainly suffering from something or other. Yeah. And if you decided, oh, we're going we're gonna to make this mockumentary, get people riled up, uh, make them think it's real. Uh, either way, you've just, you've just brought a cell phone camera out into the woods and made a mentally disabled person uh, mock uh, everyone who is, is a drug addict and, and suffering in this community. So yeah. uh, fuck off either way. Yeah, it's a real level set moment for me because on Optimism Vaccine, our, our sister podcast, uh, I was just completely eviscerating uh, Sia's new movie, Music, and which is terrible and exploitative and, and whatnot. But now that I've seen Nutty's Cheeseburger and a Nap, you know, I, I'd rather watch Sia's music three times in a row, to be completely honest. <laughs> so that's where we're at, folks. That's it. Well, uh, Stephen Coleman, thank you so much for, for being here today. We, we appreciate you. It may not seem like it as we make your life demonstrably worse every few weeks or so, um, but, but we appreciate you. And I am deeply, deeply sorry for this week. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? you Got to remind the people that I've now pulled even for the season. <laughs> yeah. What's the scoreboard? Are we tied up now? It's three to three, uh, three, to three. which is saying something because the last two episodes you've pulled out a Herculean effort and uh, I've still somehow bested you. Somehow, somehow you've done it. I'm proud of you, Myros. You're really, you're putting in the effort. Um, it, it should be said, I think you spend about two hours every couple weeks finding these. So you're, you're really, you're, you're doing the homework. 
I'm just I'm just lazy and skating by on, you know, pure luck. But uh, we appreciate you. Anyway, if you enjoyed the podcast, uh, <laughs> then you must have just enjoyed us talking. You didn't actually watch these movies because, boy, you'd have a different opinion of things. Uh, do us a big favor, though. If you're listening right now, there's a link in the in the description of this podcast. It'll take you to our iTunes page. Uh, please give us a five-star written review if you haven't yet. It takes like two seconds to do. Really helps us out with the algorithm and all that jazz. So, um, yeah, help us out. Make us more discoverable on iTunes. And uh, then more people can listen to the podcast. And uh, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll find something even worse than what we've discovered this week. Although, I doubt it. Um, there's also another link in the description that'll take you to our Patreon page. Uh, if you want to give us money, that'd be super helpful. Uh, helps fund this show, helps fund Optimism Vaccine. Podcasting is not cheap, so every every little bit helps. I know it's it's tough times for everybody out there, but if you got a couple bucks to throw us, it'll give you access to uh, a whole wealth of old podcast content, old written content, uh, new content that we're creating just for Patreon subscribers. Also for this month, and only this month, I got to tweet this out. I'm, I'm workshopping things on on air. That's always good. Uh, if, if you are a Patreon subscriber in the month of March, I'm going to send you something in the mail. And um, it's going to be a movie. You don't know what the movie's going to be. From my personal collection, you will receive a Blu-ray, DVD, or perhaps even a box set. Okay? Look at that. Just for being a subscriber. And you can, you can be at the $3 tier, the $5 tier, the fancy boy tier, at uh, $20, whatever. doesn't matter. You're going to get a present in the mail from optimism vaccine and caustic content that is our promise to you look at that we just give people gifts how wonderful are we as people myros oh we're great we can even guarantee that uh, the, the film will be of higher quality than uh, either of these that we've covered this evening mm -hmm. it's one of the few guarantees but yes <laughs> that's i can promise you whatever i give you will be much better than what we talked about today so um yeah also you can email us uh optimism vaccine at gmail.com uh, if you got any suggestions for future shows or, or movies you'd like to see on caustic content, yeah, send them our way. Love to hear them. And uh, you can tweet at us at Optimism Vaccine. Once again, Mr. Coleman, thank you so much for being on the show today. I am so sorry. So, so sorry. Always a pleasure. Is it? Is it, though? <laughs> I don't know if it is. All right. We'll be back next week. Fuck! Jesus, what a horrible fucking week.